Welcome to the One Life Maps podcast. Here's your host and co-author of Listen to My Life, maps for recognizing and responding to God in my story, Sharon Swing. Hi, it is Sharon Swing. This is part two of Grieving in Healthy Ways because Sybil Towner, Joan Kelly, and myself, when we had this original conversation, it went on a while. And so I've split it into two episodes for you. So we're going to jump in right in the middle of the conversation and you'll get another quite a few ideas on how to grieve in healthy ways and we hope that it is so helpful to you. We're praying for those of you who grieve and most of us have something to grieve and we need options because somehow or another most of us are not adept at knowing how to deal with grief when it comes and it does come. So just know that as listeners to this podcast, we're thinking of you and we would love to hear more from you about how we can be of help to you by letting us know what kind of questions and topics you'd like to hear more about. And we'll find good people to have conversations with to share with you. So please listen in and please Take these ideas into action in ways that invite God to speak into your grief and let him comfort you. Here you go. So breathing, nature, okay, forgiveness as a way of, as a piece of grieving. What about that? Hmm. Well, when you lose something or someone, um, Normally, things are not all cleaned up and tied in a neat box. And so there are often regrets that are accompanied by loss. And, uh, and there's no way to, to rectify them. Right. Um, and so then what do you do? And... and if you're needing to forgive, you have you have some kind of case against someone or something. Um, that uh, whether it is um, someone with an illness that we hadn't found a cure for, and uh, it took them, or someone a boss who treated someone very poorly and put them uh, out of work in an inappropriate way, or um, a family that divorced and the children or children or no children, but there wasn't resolution. So forgiveness, if you take that word and say for, and then leave a dash and say forgiveness. I wonder if I could be for giving another chance is there it's a forward movement and it it actually denotes beginning again Mm -hmm. in some way and sometimes it's a person that needs to be forgiven sometimes it's ourselves Mm -hmm. that need to be forgiven and sometimes it's our 
our idea, or I think you talked about this, Joan, but our picture of mm-hmm. who God is. Um, and so we're angry at the picture that was given us that doesn't help us in the situation we find ourselves. And so that movement of forgiving is actually a gift, and it costs us. Mm-hmm. It is, I mean, it is real. And I think if when we do it, there is a visceral change in our bodies. Mm-hmm. There's a, um, a quote by Corey Ten Boom in the Valley Experiences map in Listen to My Life. And it reads, forgiveness is the key that unlocks the door of resentment and the handcuffs of hate. It is a power that breaks the chains of bitterness and the shackles of selfishness. Yeah, and so one of the words, again, that you've said, Joan, you may want to say a little more, but it is actually a choice. Mm-hmm. And and it's a, the only thing that we are asked to do in the given prayer that the Lord has given us. Mm. You know, to forgive. Um, mm-hmm. It's true. Yeah. And sometimes we have to get creative with that if the person is no longer here. Yes. That we need to forgive. So it might mean writing a letter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> to that person or from that person to you. It might mean writing some things on a a stone or uh, that gets thrown in a a lake or writing something that gets thrown in a fire. Some kind of physical um, uh, task or physical item that it's attached to that you can actually do something with um, sometimes is a, a great way to work through this when their person is no longer around. Okay. And and I think it, the other thing is is one of the words that we have used uh, with um, within the valleys map is um, the word that we speak to one another and we say the words as an ambassador of um, as an ambassador of Jesus Christ um, I announce God's forgiveness in whatever the uh, event. Or the story was, yes, that experience was. So it is also one of those places of companioning where we are really, uh, Hebrews talks, the book of Hebrews talks about it, but we are priests to one another. We receive confession from one another. We announce forgiveness to one another. We need to hear that. Um in a way for it to stick because it is one of the places I think that the evil one has one of the deepest holds Mm -hmm. that I have done something or something has been done to me that is unforgivable and it Mm -hmm. causes the death of the soul. Okay. Even though we could have a, maybe we need to have a whole episode on forgiveness. Could be. Uh, I think is probably the case. The next one on our list is singing or music. Definitely music can be cathartic in a way. Um, Either happy music to help lift a mood or sad music to let ourselves feel Mm -hmm. the grief. Um, We can definitely 
put those kinds of things in motion um, by with a song list, you know, mm-hmm. and just setting aside some time to to cry. Yeah, I mean, we had an interesting question today. We're talking about you know the, the person asked us, "Are you, are you guys talking about setting aside time, intentional time, intentional mm-hmm. time to grieve?" Mm-hmm. And Joan, what was your response to that? Absolutely, <laughs> <laughs> and I. I mean, a good way to enter that space may be a song that is significant to you um, to be able to kind of help you enter into that space and open up some tears, open up some emotions. Um, The image that we used with that person this morning is imagining kind of like a a library wall in somebody's really cool office (laughs) with all these, you know, wooden nooks and there's boxes on there and and the image is to think about each of those boxes being a particular loss, maybe a particular valley map experience that you've done. And on that day of intentional grieving where you've set aside some time and you found a really good space to do it in, um, whether it's by yourself or with somebody else, you take one of those boxes down and you explore what's inside. And maybe you pull one little thread of the yarn ball out that day, but you know at the end of the day, I can sort through some things in there. I can look at them from a different perspective, but I can put them back and I can put the box back on the shelf. It's It'll wait for me for another day, but intentional grieving is super important. It keeps it from leaking out in mm-hmm. places where you don't want it to as yeah. well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's an odd way to kind of channel it. Um, I, I don't exactly want to say control it because... Uh, Grief just doesn't work exactly that way, but yet there is, there is stuff that spews out sideways that we don't yeah. want to have happen. Yeah, and it's almost like a protection for other people if we go ahead and set aside time to grieve intentionally. So some people, I will suggest, I don't know who told me this, but pre-grieving. So you've got a particular, let's say, an anniversary of something coming up. Instead of just spewing all day on everyone around you is you pick a day prior to that and you say, this is my intentional day to pre-grieve, to get some of this out. Of course, the anniversary day might be still be significantly hard, mm-hmm. but you've actually created this intentional space ahead of time. Mm-hmm. And, and creating the intentional space, then... Um, then when the spontaneous or unexpected spaces of grief overtake you, you're not so surprised. Yes. You, I mean, they will. Uh, They're going to happen. D- yes. But, um, um, but you can connect the dots mm-hmm. and, uh, and that. But if you don't do that, then you're just, um, eh, when it happens then in a public place mm-hmm. or a place that you didn't want it to happen, then um, you don't give it any room mm-hmm. and you have much harder time being actually kind to yourself. Okay. Communion is the next one on the list. Well, think of the word. Um, uh, we say it as communion. We say it as Eucharist. Con means with, with union, and um, when um, when I was reflecting on this at another time, I think we have institutionalized this word. Um, in many churches, a communion table 
is um, the purview of a pastor. And, um, uh, and you're invited into it. But really, when you think about how communion began, it began around a table, a meal. That's how Passover was done for thousands of years. And then Jesus said those words in a new way around a table. There were no colors of cloth, nothing. But it was an intimate space. And so that aspect of communion um, and the announcement, this is my body given for you. This is my blood shed for the forgiveness of your sins. I mean, this is... Uh, we have lots of theological debates as this representative, but when he spoke it, it was him. Mm. He was giving himself. So when I come to receive what he has given me, there is, there is an, ex- I don't even think the word exchange is right, but there is an entering in to the suffering that God knew from before the foundation of the world, and it validates that thing that has just changed and done something to my life that I never hoped for or never expected. Mm -hmm. And it brings a source of comfort and knowing. And I think, for me, has given me courage to take the next step hasn't solved my life, but it gives me courage for the next step. Next one is sad movies. <laughs> you know, I guess I, we should have paired that one right after singing and music um, because there's definitely some good movies out there that, that can give you a good cathartic opportunity to cry. Um, plenty of good ones, and some of them not you know, to, that you want to save them until you're ready mm-hmm. to, to do that. I remember suggesting the movie The Way mm-hmm. um, about a father grieving the loss of his son. Um, and it was like, don't, don't move into this one without being advised that, you know, it, it has to mm-hmm. come with a, with, a, with a warning label in some right. ways. But yet a beautiful story of a man traveling through grief not that the grief is over, but what a journey. Mm-hmm. What we a got journey. a window into a portion of his journey and some intentional things that he did mm-hmm. um, in the disruption and the loss of his son's life. So, But watching a movie or reading a biography of somebody or their journey with grief it kind of takes you out of yours for a little bit and lets you look in at somebody else and reflect on that and go, oh, that's interesting. Or, oh, I was there. I, I get that. They understand me. Uh, it's, it's a, for some people, it is a really helpful way. Mm-hmm. And, and I think some of us um, cry inside mm-hmm. a bit more than we cry outside. And so a movie can give us permission mm-hmm. to weep. Yep. Um, and uh, I think it, it really a funny movie, but is Patch Adams uh, that that combined, uh, in a sense, grief and humor mm-hmm. and 
um, and and invited you into a knowing space about just the oddness and uh, shape of life. But you bring up a good one, Sybil, is humor, actually. I mean, if we can actually say that out loud. I mean, I remember being in a season of grief and looking at John like, is it okay like that we're laughing right now about this? Like, what if someone sees us? <laughs> you know, but there's something just really... Um, helpful and healing and having just a good old laugh, whether it's at a movie or at a situation. Or or even something I I can totally picture. And you've told me some stories of like, Will would think this is really funny. Oh, yeah. Like, it's just, mm -hmm. and and so yes, there's laughter, but there's tears that come with it too, Mm -hmm. sometimes. And it's it's all mashed up. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But laughter, laughter indicates hope. Mm hmm. Good laughter indicates hope. Mm-hmm. And so we need to be able, even in the hardest place, to laugh. I mean, yeah, look at our family. We did a water balloon, memorial <laughs> water balloon fight for 10 years. So that yeah. should be added to the list of the I guess we should. I doubt that would be on anybody else's <laughs> list. But I mean, it was a wonderful way to honor Will was mm-hmm. something that was crazy funny and fun to do and I mean at its height what 150 people yeah or something exactly participating well, in a water balloon fight thousands t- I have done tens of thousands of balloons and, and it did engage the body it engaged it, yeah. it engaged it did it engaged people yes. um it it had intensity yeah and, and it had uh, the actually some of the values that I think Will would have said were important to him you know yeah. community and fun and being together and not taking life quite so seriously. <laughs> Please not, yeah. right? And so, yeah, it, it's it's sometimes in the midst of those things, there is just this aspect of, oh, I remember something happening and thinking, oh, my grandpa would think that mm-hmm. was hysterical. <laughs> and then you kind of have to wonder, is he laughing with me <laughs> in the midst of this, you know? <laughs> or at me. Anyway. So um, sad movies, happy movies, uh, write out your prayers is the next one on the list. That seems pretty self-explanatory. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But there's something about documenting them, any kind of, any form of journaling in the midst of this that uh, that just pour, it gives you an opportunity to, to have a place that holds your, your precious emotions. It's a container for it somehow. And and I think there is a particular kind of prayer that is called a lament Mm -hmm. that um, is very appropriate. And there is a line in Psalm 55 that says, In the evening, in the morning, and at noontime, I will complain and lament, and he will hear my prayer. Mm. And so in the most honest way, Getting out that which you did not hope for, did not want, um, in an honest way with God, empties you of that mm-hmm. bitterness, anger, resentment, disappointment, sadness. I mean, a whole host of emotions, and then creates room for maybe a word. Mm-hmm of shalom, Mm. of comfort, of rest, 
to come forward. And it isn't a one-time do this. It may need to be done many times. Next one on the list is be honest with yourself and others about how you are doing. And I, th I think of our friend Julie who, who writes a handful of people, you know, maybe two handfuls of people, um, kind of regular updates on how she's doing after, after the death of her son. And there's something really raw and honest and mm -hmm. beautiful about her doing that. And, and this last one had paragraphs from her last update and kind of updates on her updates, right? So there's this reflecting on what she was what was happening last time and what's changed and I think there's so much good about being able to notice yeah and to mark it and name it mm -hmm. I mean I think about someone like that going back to reread what they wrote last month and go oh that's interesting that has shifted mm -hmm. or that hasn't changed or there's it's like putting the Ebenezer stone down, right? Mm -hmm. And just kind of marking your path and being able to go back. Right. But in this case, she's writing to other people as well. Mm -hmm. So it's all of those benefits of journaling. Yeah. But then there's also this Community this thing that piece. invites response. Yes. And, and you use the word um, or have used the word accountability. So it, um, I, I think of, of uh, Julie, and I'm trusting she'll listen to this, but Julie comes as is. Yep. You know, that's that was of, that That's honest. one of the reasons we love her. Yes. As is, and this is where I am. And so now we're invited to respond back as is. No advice, no fixing, but a reflecting back to what we've heard and uh, being present with her. Mm, okay. So after that is recognizing shaming self-talk and give yourself grace to be as you are. I think Jerry Sitzer had a, um, had a place of shaming self-talk that, mm -hmm. um, that fits here and we might not think of it as that. He went over and over and over in his mind in replaying the car accident oh, okay. that his family was in that took three members of his family. And in playing it over, he kept saying, why didn't I stay five more minutes at this place? Why didn't I uh, go mm -hmm. slower here? Or why didn't I do this? And it just sent him down to mm -hmm. a place of self-condemnation and blaming that um, he really got some help in stopping that trajectory, which took him absolutely nowhere. It took him to not just darkness, but it took him to a pit. So things like guilt, I think, play in yeah. here a lot and regret, mm -hmm. you know, of things that you wished were different right and I uh, resentment is in that pile mm -hmm. as well <laughs> pile and word uh, for it. yeah that mess of a pile and I've mentioned this before but there's a definition of resentment that I just uh, resentment and regret are demands that the past mm -hmm. be different mm -hmm. and when you think about the crazy making aspect of demanding that the past be different like any of us could go back and change the mm -hmm. past 
Um, all we can do is come as we are in the here and now and decide how we want to live forward. Um, we can't live it in reverse. Can't do it. It's impossible. And so to release ourselves to the what is, is so hard. But really the only way to stay sane. Mm -hmm. Flat mm -hmm. out, that is the only way to stay sane. It, you can't you can't undo what's been done. It's a good thing to remember to live forward because remembering that what we do living forward has ripple effects too, right? right? So last one, ask for what you need. That one's a hard that one's hard to do. <laughs> it's hard to do when you're not grieving and it's hard to do when you are grieving because oftentimes you don't know what you need. Mm -hmm. Um that's why that is an awesome skill to develop <laughs> in the ordinary parts of life and practice that with other people. But being able to ask for, I just need prayer. Mm -hmm. I just need you to listen. Um, learning how to put some boundaries around mm -hmm. relationships. Um, and just being honest. Mm -hmm. um, a friend of mine uh, that I'm a part of an organization with her, and so a lot of people knew about the loss of her husband. And she spoke um, at this um, at a meeting when we were gathered together as a community uh, about the just a part of the journey. And then she said, here is what I need. I need for you not to ask me how I am. I need a hug. I will take any hugs you have to give. And so so those were two specific things that for her were going to be helpful in that community setting. And, and they would be different for somebody else. So absolutely. recognizing that. And it's a tricky walk to walk with somebody else mm -hmm. in that. Um, but yeah, asking them what would be helpful. So is it a better question to ask what do you need than it is how are you? Oh, absolutely. Mm -hmm. I, 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 um, um, if, if I'm coming to someone uh, that I know has come from something hard, mm -hmm. this, is, this is what I'm going to say to them. It comes... I think it comes pretty um, intentionally out of me. I am so glad to see you. Mm -hmm. And I, I mean, it, it for me, it is just a way of coming present. Right. There, there, there are no other words, mm -hmm. and um, that I have to give, and then then it will issue forth from that person. It's kind of that as is. They may say nothing, or they'll say what is needful to say. Mm -hmm. yeah. I think the thing that comes to mind, too, that's really helpful, Sybil, um, sometimes the person knows what is not helpful. <laughs> so that can be a good follow-up question to, you know, what's helpful. But do you even know what is not helpful oh. right now? Sometimes it feels good just to say that out yes. loud what's not helpful. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's good. Okay. I'm going to add one to the list we have printed here, and uh, then we'll wrap it up. Because I'm sure that hopefully this is, uh, this is not a complete list at all, 
this is just some ideas that were brainstormed at one point in time that we pulled out to talk through. But um, one that's written on my side notes here is recognizing and changing victim questions. I just want to say just a word about that. For, yeah, go ahead. For example, like a victim question of why did this happen to me? Those are those are questions of of that they don't have good answers. Mm-hmm. They don't lead you to good places. Mm-hmm. And it's it's not that you can't ask that question. It's just that there might be a more useful one mm-hmm. to you. Mm-hmm. Um, there are questions that let's say, how might I grieve in healthy ways today? Or what do I need today? Or how do I release a piece of my pain today? But asking why did this happen to me or, you know, is just one of those things that there's just no good answer to it. And one of the reasons I think there might not be a good answer to it because it puts you in a powerless place. That's what, that's, yeah, exactly the, the term victim question is about this position of powerlessness, that there's nothing I can do to help myself. There are more curious questions that open up possibilities that might lead toward healing, but there are some questions that most likely will keep you stuck. And mm-hmm. you can ask yourself any question you want, but you might want to think about what kind of questions you mm-hmm. ask yourself, yeah. right? Um, so as to not perpetuate your own pain mm-hmm. and suffering. We don't need to help ourselves stay in pain and suffering. And sometimes people make choices because they are so depleted. And grief grief diminishes our capacity to deal with life. And that capacity-sucking aspect of it can lead us towards some pretty dark places anyway. And so to hopefully have enough self-awareness to realize that maybe the questions you're asking yourself are not going to lead you to any brighter place. And so I think in, in, as you say that, Sharon, it seems to me, and, and it might be something that uh, gets put with this podcast, but just uh, several books that we have found helpful, because sometimes um, in, in reading a book that is focused on grief, there are some people who have done some very good work that begin to name that and help you recognize it as you read it. Um, Larry Warner has written a book called Navigating the First Year mm-hmm. of Grief, and the one we've mentioned before, Jerry Sitzer, um, a, uh, a grief or a grace disguised. And there are some, uh, some others that um, might help you identify that, oh, I have been living in a victim place and I did not know it. Mm-hmm. I don't think anybody chooses that. It's, you just find yourself there and you may be unaware of it. So, yes, we'll put some uh, good book selections in the show notes here. And, oh, Sybil, why don't you pray for anybody who's experiencing mm-hmm. grief right now as we close? So, Father in heaven, we uh, have entered into a topic that you are delighted by. 
because you know all of us suffer in some way. All of us have lost people who are important, have lost events and activities and uh, hopes that uh, we had hoped for that are not realized. And so meet us this day that you will be our help, that you will be our comforter, that you are acquainted with grief, and that you will be present to us and guide us into a way of living that includes not only joy, but that includes our sorrow. We say thank you in the name of Christ. Amen. Amen. Thanks, everyone, for joining us today. You'll hear in the outro here about how to get a hold of us and how to consider taking part in some kind of Listen to My Life activity. The materials that we referenced here are Listen to My Life, Maps for Recognizing and Responding to God in My Story. We were talking about content around map number four uh, called Valley Experiences. And we hope that you will engage in the whole process, or at least even just this particular map out of the process. We just are so glad that you chose to listen and just really deeply hope that these suggestions of different ways to grieve might open up some new possibilities for you or some others that you might know that might invite them into a different aspect of how to go about this. Many blessings, everyone. Bye-bye. 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 Have you thought, I don't know myself anymore? Have you wondered, is there something more? Are you at a crossroads in life and asking, which way will lead me toward expressing more of who I am made to be? Are you looking for a way to understand the restlessness you feel inside? Are you seeking a deeper spiritual life and desire to rediscover who you are through God's eyes? If you've wondered any of these things before, you're ready for the life mapping experience of Listen to My Life. Go to onelifemaps.com to purchase your portfolio of visual life maps. While you're there, check out our upcoming virtual coaching groups, live workshops, and options for you to facilitate the Listen to My Life experience with others. That's onelifemaps.com. O-N-E-L-I-F-E-M-A-P-S.com.